Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired Women Gathering. This is a show that talks about all things from life, relationships, spirituality, business, and everything in between. Women are so inspiring, living their stories, finding resilience, resourcefulness, tenacity, and their powerful impact that we make in the world. I love connecting and having deep conversations, sharing with you the women I am inspired by and so blessed to know. My name is Dixie Bennett and I'm your host and I'm a soulful woman and wealth coach and healer, helping heart-centered entrepreneurial women heal their self-worth, embody their soul purpose, and create sustainable business with heart. And I am I created this platform to highlight amazing women who I come across and connect with. I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. So for today, I am so excited to introduce to you a beautiful guest, Karen McGregor, and our topic today is the Tao of Influence. And Karen is also, um, has supported hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs over the past decade to double and in some cases 10x their income through the power of high converting talks and webinars. She talks her talk every day, sharing her messes on messages on stage with luminaries like Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, John Gray, and David Wolfe. Karen is also the founder of Speaker Success Formula and the widely popular Rock the Stage and Rock the Digital Stage programs for entrepreneurs who want direct results of sales, more clients through speaking and webinars. She's a thought leader and a catalyst for influencers with a powerful global message and is the author to the Tao of Influence, Ancient Wisdom of Modern Leaders and Entrepreneurs. Her ideas and direct quotes have been featured on TV, CTV News, Reader's Digest, Breakfast Television, Toronto, Canada, Harper's Bazaar, Florida Weekly, and many other prominent media outlets. So welcome, Karen. I am so grateful to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much, Dixie, for having me. So overjoyed to be here today. Thank you. So tell me, where in the world are you? Where, where are you located? I am just outside of Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. For those around the world, this is a gorgeous place to be and visit. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, it looks like you got lots of sunshine there today. <laughs> we sure do. It's a beautiful day. So um, first of all, I just want to say, uh, Karen was actually one of my very first speaker coaches um, who helped me get out from behind the scenes and get onto stage, um, petrified as I was. And <laughs> here I am, I think it was about six years ago, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, and my speaking career has definitely taken off in ways I didn't even imagine. Um, and I just, I really enjoy what Karen does. So Rock the Stage was a program that I took. And, um, and I'm so delighted to sit here with you today. And I'd really love for you to share um, like your speaking experience and who you've shared the stage with is phenomenal. And you know, speaking for most people is very, um, the last thing that they would ever want to do. And <laughs> I thought I felt that for myself and I actually, I really enjoy speaking now on so many levels. Um, and I would love to hear how, what influenced you to become, get into the speaking world? Mm. Well, I think that, you know, communication in general is, is really part of some people's soul's calling. And it definitely was for me. I, I mean, ever since I was little, I remember uh, being very shy, but having the urge to write. So I would write poetry and, and uh, you know, any any form of communication and expression that I could do as a shy person. And then once I, you know, gradually overcame my shyness, I recognized that, wow, this 
this uh, yearning to write, this soul's desire to write was also coming through in speaking. And so by the time I was in um, college, actually, I think I was about 22 or something like that, maybe, no, not even, I think 20 years old, um, I delivered uh, a valedictorian speech. And that was the first time I realized how powerful you know, the stage can be for influencing other people in a positive way, in a positive direction. And it was also clearly in that moment, I felt that divine rightness, you know, that divine alignment that, that we often feel when we're just in that path of what we are to express in the world. And, uh, and so when it, you know, uh, when I had my children, um, I, I, I sort of lost that, as many of us do when we have kids, <laughs> lost that um, that remembrance of that soul's calling for a while. And and I did many, you know, different things when they were younger, but then ultimately came back to that and uh, and and wrote a couple of books and started to speak. So that really was my early journey was uh, recognizing my soul's calling and then moving away from it and then later coming back to it. And I think now with my third book, The Tao of Influence, it's been 10 years since I wrote my last book, mm -hmm. you know? So it, it just reminds me like, you know, we have to pay attention to the yearnings of our, our deeper calling, of our deeper passions, mm -hmm. uh, because many of us get busy doing but the doing isn't really, or very little of it is actually related to that, that, that deeper um, influence that we have on the world when we tune in and tap into that daily um, action that comes from our soul versus from, oh my God, I have a thousand things to do, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so that, that's, that's a bit of my story so far. <laughs> And so how did, when did you decide that speaking was going to be more of your focus in your career? Yeah, well, you know, back then I remember in my 20s, you know, that, that was a, that was a big uh, turning point for me. Mm -hmm. But then the next turning point didn't really come until, oh, I think my oldest must have been around six years old. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when my first book came out right? And um, he, uh, you know, and my, my younger son, I was very involved in their lives and whatnot. Um, but when I wrote, I remember writing that book, I was thinking, I really need to get out there now and, and speak about these concepts and do, and do this. Because I felt like, as many of us feel, like our message matters. It needs to be shared with the world. And it's very difficult as an author, many of you know, mm -hmm. to um, spread that message easily and, and, uh, and with low cost at the time, you know, I, I was really on a budget. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so um, I found speaking to be a wonderful way in which to share the message and not have to spend thousands of dollars doing it. Mm -hmm. And I found that I was really connecting with people and it, it, was, it was a wonderful way to, I guess, again, to express my soul's calling. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't a particular moment. It was more like, this is an avenue that makes sense now 
to take the message in my book and really express it to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I love that because it really isn't a journey and the turning points as as we look back. I know in, in I've been under great reflection lately, and I've been I'm in the process of writing a book for myself, and and I've been looking at images, different images of key points in my life. And I was I have this huge stack of pictures from when I was in university, and I found this beautiful picture where I was standing behind one of the university. Uh, um, podiums which are massive you can barely see your head in the mat and the podium is there and we had put on our first conference you know going through that program was learning how to put on conferences and i i introduced a gentleman who's passed on this last this year actually his name was ken king and the owner of the keller fames and so I got to introduce him into this, this on the stage. And, and it was interesting reflecting back and looking at that experience back in when I was in my early 20s and, and how much speaking has actually been showing up in my life over this period of time. And very much like you said, I, speaking is so powerful. Um, I built most of my business was focused on only speaking over the last four years. And, and I didn't pay hardly any, any other fees, like even trade shows I stopped, or I, I partnered a trade show with a speaking opportunity. So speaking really became a very specific way of building my business. So I hear you. Yeah, and I, I actually, now that you're talking about, you know, the fellow, I thought, oh yeah, there were two, two men in my life that um, I would have to say, it wasn't instant, but it was a seed of remembrance. You know, some people come into your life and it's like a seed of, of remembering your soul's calling. Mm -hmm. And so when my first um, child, who's now 21, was born, mm -hmm. I remember going to a Tony Robbins event and I had never been in the personal development world. It was really my first experience and there were 3,000 women in the room and they were all chanting Tony, Tony, Tony <laughs> and they were like oh they were so excited and I was just overwhelmed quite frankly by the whole thing but by the time he finished speaking I remember saying to my friends sitting next to me one day you know it makes me teary-eyed one day I'm going to be on the stage with that man and I had no idea that I would be speaking I had no idea what would happen in my life, but then, you know, 20 years later, there I was on stage with Tony Robbins and it, you know, it was exactly 20 years mm -hmm. and um, it still makes me teary eyed because I remember her response. She said, oh yeah, you'll be on stage because you'll be going to one of his seminars and he'll, he'll call you up as a participant. Well, that wasn't exactly what I wanted to hear, but you know, she was trying to make fun of it. But deep down in my soul, I knew that this was going to happen. And mm -hmm. I had no idea when I spoke those words that they mm -hmm. would manifest in the way they did. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was really uh, a beautiful thing. And the second person that really encouraged me, and I think we all, you know, at times just need that little bit of somebody seeing us, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I try to do that so often for people when I see something inside of them to, to say it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I remember Satchan Raja, who's one of the people who are, is in my book, uh, the Tao of Influence, I interviewed him. 
and he had said way back when as well, um, when I had invited him to speak on on my stage and, and I was not a speaker, I was just bringing people in to speak. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, Karen, you need to start speaking. Oh, wow. And he just said it right out of the blue at the end when everybody else had left and I was packing up and, uh, and it touched me so deeply because I thought, you know, I could spend the rest of my life showcasing other speakers mm -hmm. or I could do what I'm meant to do in this lifetime and actually share my message. Mm -hmm. um, and so I call that, you know, I don't know it, what term it is used by other people, but I say, you know, that's our, that's the shadow side of our calling mm -hmm. is that we'll do things to support other people. Mm -hmm. But we actually, in our deepest calling, we want to be that person. Mm -hmm. But often we, we just stay in the shadow of that person and support them. And so I, uh, you know, when I recognize that in other people now, just like he did for me, mm -hmm. I, I'm very clear and make sure that I tell them. Because sometimes that's all we need is that little mm -hmm. yes, little you should be doing this. And okay. yes, you should start now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, and what you just said so resonates with me because that's always been my path. I've always been the one behind pushing everyone forward. And I still, you know, I'm still the encourager and, and the leader and the builder and the loyal, you yeah. know, always. Um, and there's been different moments where, you know, it's, you need to do stuff for yourself. Yeah. You need to make that decision. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we, we know it in the depths of our being, you know, because as a supporter, it's awesome. It's awesome to support other people and we should continue to do that. I'm not suggesting we don't. However, when you have a soul's calling that's not fully being met, then that's when you really have to look at it and say, okay, what's one step today that I can take towards that? Doesn't have to be a big step, but one small step. Yeah. So yeah. tell me a little bit about, so who were your mentors in getting you into the speaking? So who helped you step onto stage and started pulling more of that greatness out of you to be able to share your message, especially as a messenger, because you're, you're a messenger leader for the messengers who are to come forward. Absolutely. So you pull your well, you know, I had so many people along the way that really supported me. I think back then, um, you know, the first one was the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers, mm -hmm. um, Jeffrey Lane, who teaches public speaking more in the corporate setting. Um, he was fantastic. He, he really supported me to see what I was made of, really, you know, and, and, uh, and I just had no confidence at all, you know. I, was in, I think I was in my, what was I, maybe mid thirties, something like that. I'm 52 now, so you can get an idea. Um, and uh, I just didn't believe that what I had to say was of value. And uh, he really supported me to do that. And then when I, you know, when I started to try to build a business, it, you know, that's, that's of course why I have Speaker Success Formula today, because when I started to try to build a business, what I realized was, you know, those initial um, mentors that I had, and also uh, Rachel and Dada Groover, way back when, when they first started out, I had taken their speaker training way back, so long ago, it's so interesting now to see the development. Um, 
And, and I remember thinking, you know, I'm getting better. I am getting to be really good. Um, but I thought that that was enough to build a business. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was, you know, I was stopping myself because I, I could only get to a certain level in business by being a good speaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I had to learn how to structure a talk and an offer if I was going to have a business. Now, some of the folks that are listening to me, you may not ever want to have a business and that's totally fine. But if you do, you know, that's a different type of speaking. So that that's something I want to just make clear as, as Dixie and I are speaking, right? And you're listening to this is there are two types of speaking. So one is the inspirational Mm-hmm. where we really want to get our message out into the world for the purpose of uh, changing perception, creating a movement, inspiring people to, to, you know, to step into their greatest selves. And that's one side. The other side is where you have a business and you want people to know about the valuable program products or services you have, but you don't want to sound like you're coming across as a sales pitch. Mm-hmm. And, and that was me. I was stuck right jam in the middle where I had no idea how to actually go from this side of the speaking mm-hmm. to this side of the speaking. And, um, and so that's where I also, you know, looking at getting different trainings, different mentors. Um, and it was, it was a journey because to be frank, uh, there, there were some people that gave wonderful information, but some of it just wasn't me because and I even challenged them on it I remember this you know like this is this is lying right (laughs) you are not telling the truth when you say this and I will not say anything on the stage that's not the truth and I was really adamant about it and I remember a couple of my uh, people at the time who I was training with not happy with me but I absolutely refused to say anything that would not be true mm-hmm. and it's just not in my nature right. and so um so that journey led me to say you know what how can i do this for me how can i still make this work and not have to resort to those old what i call the old world tactics mm-hmm. right and so that's that's how i came to actually you know, create rock the stage eventually because people started saying, well, you're an intuitive, you know, you've got all this, this beautiful business. Why are you doing so well when many of us are, you know, struggling and, and, and they said, show us what you do. And so um, I said, well, I'll get somebody else to show you what I do because I'm, you know, it's not me. That's not me. (laughs) I'm not the one that's going to do it. And so for a couple years, I said that to myself and I told them that, and uh, interesting, Dixie, three times I had uh, planned on people coming in and doing a training for my people who were curious. And all three times those people had to cancel, but for different reasons, for different reasons. And then finally, you know, guidance said, Karen, you're to do this. And I'm like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. <laughs> and then suddenly the whole thing came through rock the stage was beautiful it was born and it just took off immediately and you know and and it hasn't ever been a lapse of anything in 10 years 
you know, it's just been really um, a gorgeous journey. Mm -hmm. So again, I listened to my guidance. Mm -hmm. I listened to my soul's calling. And now I'm in a third stage of my life where I really feel like, you know, the business, that business part, the, the talk, uh, the offer, uh, training people in the talk and offer, you know, that's, that's been a big part of my journey for a long time now. Uh, and this third part of my life is where the book, The Tao of Influence, where I'm, I'm um, wanting to show people how to merge their mastery, which I've been doing for years uh, with other people, helping them with, um, with mysticism, with intuition, with guidance, with you know, stilling the mind, clearing the mind, being on, on, on track with their purpose. Mm -hmm. And all of this side needs to merge with this side which is the mastery and getting to a level of high mastery. And when you merge them, that's what I consider to be true influence. And that's why I wrote the book because I realized, wow, we can only get to a certain level of impact yes. if we don't have the mystical mm -hmm. and the, the guidance and the stilling of the mind, we can only get to a certain level here and, and no further. Yeah. And that's where I think we see a lot of, politicians is they have mastered certain things mm -hmm. but they haven't they haven't mastered this inner world yes. and and so without that we can create a little bit of change but it's not like you know when we think of gandhi when we think of martin luther king we think of you know jesus buddha right and and the the lasting impact mm -hmm of the message and the person that was delivering the message i think that's where we can look and say you know what that that that's what i want i i want to have both of those sides merged together um, i always say martin luther king he could not have had that movement without all of the mastery of his languaging mm -hmm. all of the mastery of gathering the troops to support his movement i mean that was huge mm -hmm. but he also had this part right yes. he had his mystical he had his his intuitive guidance he he had the ability to focus because his mind was still where it needed to be still mm -hmm. um and so uh that's what i'm so passionate about in the Tao of influences helping people now finally to merge yeah. those two. So really my, my life in my 52 years now has come full circle, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that was one of the things that really attracted me to working with you originally, because when we did go through the Rock the Stage, it was very mystical. There was some intuitive aspects to it. Mm -hmm. and, and I would say I definitely, one of my gifts is when I do speak from stage, I learned, actually I had a fluke accident um, from stage when I was in California. And I realized that, oh, I can heal from stage. And it was a very, very impactful experience. And it was also learning to let go of the script and really speaking from your heart. Um, and since then, I very rarely have a script. Um, I know my points I know what I want to cover and yeah. just allow the rest of it to unfold and even when I stand on stage I'm not spelling it's not about it's about giving information but in a way that pulls people in 
And that's what I watch for. And so I feel the, the and, and being an intuitive and an energetic person as well, I see the energy and I feel it. And I feel when people lean in and I feel when they get the message and, yes. and then they come up after and they're just like, I need to talk to you. I don't know why, but I just, I, you know, what you said resonated and I just knew that I had to connect with you. Yes. And so that is to me, the merging of, of the both and yes. it's bringing the head and the heart together and then sharing the message through the heart space um and i've i've been focusing more on awakening people to the essence of their business so our business is actually a separate entity and a separate soul and so when we can actually tap into the consciousness of our business and see where the business wants to go instead of trying to force it in a direction that and we hit these bare these um you know continuous walls and you know uh, challenges and and that's not where the flow is so yeah. we can actually shift and really feel into the consciousness of the business and see where it wants to go all the blockages that start to open you might go into a different a different path um, but when you can really listen to that it changes everything and same with speaking opportunities where do you want to speak where do you want to go right what stages what platforms um, who do you want to align with you know all of these things are I believe in the consciousness Yes, yes. And, and I feel like that, and that is really the, the people who are um, guided and also have a respect for systems and processes are the people who do the best in business. And they're the most fulfilled, they're the most happy, they're the most balanced. Because um, we do need both. Absolutely, we need both. You know? and, uh, and so I love, you know, I love what you're saying. You know, it really is the merging of, of both worlds. And I think right now, you know, with people talking about unity, people talking about, you know, uh, oneness, um, and, and, you know, they've been talking about that for a few years, but really with, with uh, the pandemic, I think that we see more than ever before that we really are one organism. Yes. Right? And so it makes sense that intuition should be a natural state mm -hmm. because every if everything is one then truly it, it's not an abnormal thing it's actually something that that we have at our at you know as part of us 24 7 mm -hmm. um, and so you know I see a lot of people actually also connecting with their business partners in a different way mm -hmm. you know um and even being able to read each other's mind and you know be able to connect uh, and and have that same synergy going on um and again i think the world is waking up to the fact that if we do this together if we create things together and there's more there's more potential for that because we're open to it mm -hmm. i think change can happen much more quickly much more powerfully mm -hmm. right it flows very quickly i think and that to me is the new way of being um i talk a lot about the pathway to feminine prosperity um because it, it, it's about the collective and it doesn't mean it's different it's against the masculine it doesn't mean that it just means that we're working collectively together because that's what the feminine the feminine process is it's yeah. about leveraging each other connecting with each other, looking at strengths, right? What are your strengths? What are mine? Let's, let's partner together. And I've really been watching that through this pandemic as people, businesses have shifted 
the people I'm, I'm more in, in line with and have been partnering with are women who have were doing their own thing and, and they happen to be in the same house together who started a business together you know they've kind of merged their businesses and just watching them explode and take off and so their partnership then brought in massive amounts of growth and i just went through a major growth piece in my business that exploded because it was all based on collective um connections and approach right i couldn't have done it without other people and celebrating each other and um you know a whole group of these sisters in that program came together like we all supported each other and so it's just this beautiful collectiveness of massive massive amounts of growth in a very short period of time so um and i've always i've always gone and grown my business through speaking so when the pandemic came it's like okay well events and networking events and and conferences are closed and I'm like, okay, well, I haven't spent a lot of time online, so what do I need to do? And yeah, so yeah. it's just been really growing more organic online in an area that I haven't really paid too much attention to. I'll admit it openly, but I didn't need to because everything was growing in a different in the way that I was happy with. Um, yes, yes, and, and actually, that's a that's a really good point too. Is you know, when we're online, we often think that we're alone, but there's so many opportunities for us as businesses to really collaborate, to um, showcase each other in a, in a much easier way because you don't have to be in person. Um, it's still a full talk. It just doesn't happen to be on a live stage. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example of this. One of my clients, uh, she's so lovely. Um, she's a nutritionist mm-hmm. and she was really, you know, saying oh this this covid like i'm i i barely know how to turn on a computer how am i going to have a webinar you know and uh, and so we said don't worry we're going to take this one step at a time so she built out her talk as a webinar right which is very similar to a live talk and then she she con I, and she said okay so how am i going to fill this right and i said well you you can fill it on on your own and i showed her all the steps i said but really is there someone you know that you can collaborate with that has a community that needs to hear your message right now Mm -hmm. and she said oh she said um you know i'll i'll write i'll write a few ideas down and so she said to me uh a week later she says oh by the way i i booked a a talk with my chiropractor well her chiropractor had um uh, what, what was it? Uh, a 3000 person database. Mm-hmm. And so she, you know, she got everything together and he sent it out and they had, I think, I don't know, maybe 70 or so people opt in to the webinar. Right. And then she had t- something like, yeah, it was 26 people apply to speak with her after the webinar and 11 people uh, bought her program. Beautiful. And that was from one mm-hmm. connection, mm-hmm. just one. So I always say, you know, um, we all have our own tribe. We all have our own following. And this is a perfect example is my son, Matthew. Like he and his brother, his brother phones people all day long 
to see if they would like to host Matthew, bring him on. And uh, it's amazing, you know, he's 21 years old and his, his brother's 19, yeah, right? Yeah. And here, here they are, like, delivering these webinars, like, many times during the week. And yeah. I just think, oh my gosh, like, that's such a beautiful example because so many of us are like, ooh, you know, we're done for <laughs> as business owners, when in fact... All you need to do is be reaching out to people who have a community, a tribe that, that, that needs and wants what you have to offer. So mm -hmm. it's a really great, wonderful um, example. And I'm so proud, you know, of my boys that they don't have the preconceived limitations that many of us have. And so, you know, they just went right into it like, like nothing has happened and because they treat it that way too there's not that energy of you know ooh, nobody's going to you know uh, take advantage of this awesome offer they have none of that um and in fact i think matthew had his at his last webinar he had seven people you know sign up for a twenty five hundred dollar uh product that, that he's selling so i want all of you to know that if you think that people are not buying, if you think that they're, you know, not, uh, that they're all afraid and nobody's uh, investing in anything, is simply not true. But your energy will create that, will manifest that. I guarantee you, I see it all the time in my business, mm -hmm. is those people who have the belief create that reality. Mm -hmm. And if it were true, then all of us would be in that reality. But there's a good portion including myself, my son, many of my clients, that like, it's just not our reality. Mm -hmm. So um, it's important to respect, yes, that people are going through rough times, perhaps give them some kind of, you know, a special offering if you want, but really um, don't, don't go down that road of, you know, that my business is doomed. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. I, it's been a very interesting process to watch. I've watched some people freak out, close their businesses and just kind of hide in a hole. And I've seen, I know for myself, these last 60 days that I've been in quarantine, I have been actively building, educating, growing, connecting um, globally and building, leveraging relationships globally. Yes. Um, you know, and I've been watching people killing it, like just receiving copious amounts of new clients, new customers, dollars, um, and some of them just by, I mean, by accident, right? But uh, one of my uh, colleagues just landed, you know, $21,000, uh, two programs. She sold two programs and it was just on Facebook. Like it was just a simple conversation, connection, and then a transaction. Yeah, That's know, so awesome. That when you're doing and you're in alignment with what you're doing and you're following the calling and just be able to show up, you have to show up so people can find you. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, again, coming back to that, you know, the Tao of influence, if we are going to impact people, we do need to follow our calling. We need to be on track with our guidance and lessen the chaos in our mind, right? Mm -hmm. That needs to happen. And then we also need to know how do we do this? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's where I've 
really um, pivoted as well to help people to bring their talk online because um, it is important right now. We don't know how long it's going to be until we have, you know, a hundred or 200 people in the room. It might be a very long time. So we need to, we need to start delivering online. We need to share our message online. So the how, knowing the how, but also this part, right? So I, I like to call it our Eastern and Western minds merging together, you know? <laughs> It's really beautiful. Yeah. So where do you go for your inspiration? How do you keep motivated? Oh, good question. You know, I am, I think, I think they a notice on, uh, and I don't know a lot about it, to be honest with you, but human design, I think I, I wanted to, that too. It's yeah, so yeah. Somebody told me once I did the, whatever it was years ago, uh, the, the, the test or the assessment and uh, I was like, a, it's a, called a regenerator. Mm -hmm. And so um, I get tired sometimes, right. but, it's, uh, but because I listen to my body and I say, okay, like last night, mm -hmm. I slept 11 hours. Right. And I, I don't beat myself up about it because mm -hmm. I know in my intuition, my intuition is saying, you have to rest. And so I really respect that. You know, I respect that I have to rest. I have to get, mm -hmm. my body needs to be nurtured. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then I just, the other thing is, um, because of the work that I'm doing with my book, mm -hmm. you know, the best way to, I think, to deliver a message is to live it, right? Mm -hmm. And if we're not living our own message, that's when things get off track. Mm -hmm. So part of my inspiration is simply that I don't, um, or at least I, I'm training myself every day not to look at something and judge it as good or bad. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to be able to appreciate everything that, that comes into my ears, my eyes, my Mm -hmm. you know, all my senses, um, is so important because, uh, as business owners, we can go through the day and say, well, that's, you know, that makes me mad. And then this makes me, you know, mm -hmm. like kind of feel apathetic. And this makes me really feel on a high and this email, uh, kind of brought me down again today. And so, you know, the, the, the wellness that we have is severely limited uh, by not treating reality in a, in a, in a way that we can fully accept it and appreciate it. Instead, you know, this roller coaster ride that we're on is creating sickness, tiredness, you know, illness. And I know Dixie that you, you know, you work with a lot of people who, who are not well at different points in their, in their lifetime. And so I've come to the conclusion that I'm very easily inspired, but I don't think it, I was born that way. I think that it, it came because I'm constantly disciplining my mind mm -hmm. to really look at, oh, you know, mm -hmm. as soon as I judge something as good or bad, then the opposite is also true. Mm -hmm. It's like being in love. I always say, you know, it's a nice idea, you know, I'm in love with someone, I'm falling in love, they're so great. Well, the minute they do something that's not so great, you're suddenly not in love with them. Right. And is that really love? That's not love, that's not right? Love. 
And so um, I use that as an example because so many of us are swept away by this idea that we love something, but, you know, two minutes later, we can hate it. And so I'm really um, learning, and this is part of the Tao of Influence, my book, Mm -hmm. is to look at things and say, you know, everything is here for me to learn and to appreciate and to accept Mm -hmm. instead of resisting, you know. So um, I am much happier because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have a higher state of joy. I laugh more, yeah. you know, I, I, I feel at ease more. So I, um, I know I'm on my way and I'm not perfect. That's why I wrote the book, you know. It, people often say, oh, God, you have that all handled. And I say, no, mm-hmm. when I write about it, it reminds me, okay, we need to practice this, Karen. <laughs> we need to practice it. And quite often, I think this is where we get stuck as messengers. We say, well, we have to be perfect in order to teach it. Mm -hmm. No, you do have to be disciplined Mm -hmm. to do what you say to others to do in the book. Mm -hmm. But you, you know, this is a lifetime journey for all of us. Don't you agree, Dixie? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. I've been using the term human curious. I think when I, I look back, I've always been curious about humanity and about people and and I I have you know I'm a very deep introvert and I need a lot of my downtime and and I love that you said you know I needed 11 hours of sleep and I took it and I've always lived that way I mean I don't have children and I have a you know I'm I'm single and I don't have children I don't have a lot of other responsibilities yeah. but when I I honor myself and when I need to rest, I take that rest. And sometimes it is, it's an 11 hour, 12 hour um, sleep and it's a deep, deep rest. And other times I just need five or six hours or eight hours. You know, I just, mm. I wake up when I wake up, I've actually stopped using an alarm clock and I just trust my intuition that when I wait, I'm ready to get up, I get up. Yes. Yeah. And I'd love to hear from you. How do you manage? Because I know you talked about being shy. So being a shy person naturally, um, what do you do to recharge? Or how do you prepare your energy to get out on stage? And because I know when people meet me, they think, oh, wow, Dixie, like you're so outgoing. Um, I, I'm really not. <laughs> I have <laughs> aspects. And then they get confused by my behavior because then I go into a deep observing, ob- observer. So I will, I will sit in the background and observe, but then when it's time for me to come out, then I'll come out. Mm-hmm. And so, and I love talking to people. I do love, I love the one-on-one more than the groups. So I really value my alone time to really regenerate, recharge so that I can go outward. And I'd love to hear for you, what, what do you do to prepare yourself for being more outwardly and especially doing the level of work that you're doing in the world? Yeah. So uh, as a, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert who really, uh, does well with large groups, but not so well one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So, um, and what I mean by that is, uh, people, when they're with me one-on-one, they feel wonderful. We have a good time. Uh, it's not that at all. It's just that if, um, as an example, networking, mm-hmm. usually, almost always, I'm the speaker at a networking event. 
Uh, however, if I was to attend a networking event and not be the speaker, I get drained easily mm -hmm. um, because there's many one-on-one -on -one conversations. And that is actually very typical of introverts. There's a great book out there called Quiet, mm -hmm. um, The Power of Introverts in a Noisy World. Mm -hmm. And um, and it, yeah, it's it, it really speaks, I think, to many of us who have that um, inside of us. So how I support myself through that, uh, first of all, is I don't do a lot of networking um, because I know my limits. Mm -hmm. So I, I will speak and, and, and that all feels good because it's, it's more of a um, outward giving. So I, mm -hmm. I visualize the gifts of my, you know, my voice and my message, um, going, moving outward energetically to, to, to on the stage. But then I also have, you know, uh, afterwards, um, I, I radiate a lot of love. And so when people come to me, it's typically the people who, you know, will want to get close and give me a hug and, and talk. And we have great conversations afterwards and that, that I can, that I can do. Uh, because I'm already in that energy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I would suggest for anyone who really wants to, um, to do this, but you're a bit afraid of the energy, you know, some people say to protect your energy. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Um, uh, some people say to ground your energy, make sure you're grounded. Uh, and so that helps as well. Um, but I found out of everything for me, per thing that supports me the most is to get out of my own um, e egoic self mm -hmm. and to really just focus on uh, radiating this love energy that's inside of me outward. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, I can feel like literally people will stop fighting or they'll, you know, some, they'll make some sort of positive change in their behavior around me. And I can do that in a restaurant, wherever it is, but I know what's happening when I purposely do that. And it's beautiful. It's wonderful. So I would say that, yeah, that's one thing that I, that I do. And what about what, before you prepare for a talk, what are some of the things that you do just to get your energy up to to get out on stage and to be that that full bodied love yeah so it depends um on the person so for me because i naturally have a lot of fire um i do move um a fair bit before i get on stage to release any anxiety or any sort of nervousness um, and that's important for all of us, but because I have so much passion and fire already, I don't want to, that to be the last thing that I do before I go on stage. Mm -hmm. So what I always say is there's a, there is a gravitational pull up and there's a gravitational pull down. So, um, you know, the up is your fire energy, your sparks. If you think of, you know, explosion, you know. The, the bigness of your reality uh, on stage. And you do need to have some of that, um, not, not necessarily like Tony Robbins, but even, you know, Wayne Dyer, he would come on stage and he had, you know, you could tell he had this energy when he would tell his stories and 
people would laugh and light up. Um, as opposed to someone, let's say, like Eckhart, who's, you know, he's, he, he doesn't have any fire. And so it's very difficult for the average person who doesn't know who he is and doesn't understand the teachings mm -hmm. to continue to follow him. So mm -hmm. those are extreme examples, right? Uh, but they're good examples because it shows you how, you know, Wayne Dyer was so beloved because he kind of had that in between. So what I call the up energy and the down energy and the down energy is your groundedness. It's your, it's your ability to be solid on stage and that um, you're uh, focused. So, so nothing is distracting you. Right. You can go on a tangent, but because you're grounded, mm -hmm. you come back, right? Um, so we need both. We need that fire and we need that, that grounding of the earth. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful examples. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Did you ever, so did you ever see yourself speaking to large groups of people? Because I know like even going back, because I know you have your TED talk, which went viral. Yeah. Um, you have, you've spoken on Tony Robbins stage. You've spoken with Deepak Chopra. Um, you've spoken in front of thousands of people yeah. and, you know, even just feeling that for yourself, you know, did you ever see that or I guess what, what process did you go through to allow yourself to be in that expansive energy? Well, you know, I, I never saw it for, well, I, I did eventually, but not for a long time. Mm -hmm. I never saw myself on a big stage. I never really dreamt about being on a big stage. Uh, but I think that first time when I saw Tony Robbins on that stage, when I was in my early thirties, uh, yeah, it was, it was really, um, it was like, oh, that's, that's my place. Mm -hmm. it, not, not to be, you know, saying that, um, I dream about it. It was just like a knowing. It was like, oh yeah, that, that's, that's my place. That's my home. Mm -hmm. Um, and I still feel that to the, to this day, the bigger the stage, the more I feel like, oh, okay, it's just, this is home for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it, it doesn't happen to that many people, but what I can share with everybody is, you know, uh, dream, um, without pushing it like allow yourself to see yourself it might be a completely different stage than you than your goal might be right so sometimes we have an ego goal that is different from our soul's goal mm -hmm. so the stage may look completely different mm -hmm. than what your ego goal of a stage looks like so that's why i bring people through a process and rock the stage too where they can tap into a different kind of uh experience of you know uh where where am i to speak what does this look like mm -hmm. you know and people are always surprised at what comes up intuitively that's beautiful i love that thank you for sharing you're welcome um, so we're just coming to the end of our time and I'd love for you, you know, just to share what's next. What do you feel like is next for you, especially with your book and new, new platforms or new, new stages in a, in a different way of how you're presenting? Where do you see yourself going from here? Well, definitely. I mean, uh, a couple years ago, I created KarenMcGregor.com. I've always had speakersuccessformula.com. 
but karenmcgregor.com is a is is more about my you know my personal message of influence and leadership so this is something that i i am doing more of on a on a global global messaging so uh you know i'm excited to speak at festivals i'm excited to speak at alternative uh, you know wellness conferences and things like that i'm not so excited to speak at the traditional you know like it's always been done kind of um places but i i think that people are ready to hear uh, a new message about a new sort of influence a new type of influence so so i'm really excited to speak on what i call the alternative stages whether they're digital or live mm -hmm. and to do that around the world like i i just want to travel and have fun and and do that and fortunately with my business my speaker success formula you know i i can do that and and webinars are wonderful and i love connecting with people digitally so yeah so that's my next step and i'm really excited about that mm -hmm. beautiful well thank yeah. you so much karen i just i love watching you i'm still you know <laughs> i always love what I, I watch everyone from behind you know i just love celebrating everybody's success and just watching them grow and evolve and expand and and just watch the journey because i think we're all on a journey and all of our journeys need to be celebrated so i celebrate you thank you thank you so much for having me <laughs> thank you so as we're just coming to an end, everyone, um, I'm just going to, I've got your links here. So for Karen, you can connect with her. She's got a Facebook group, Influence and Ancient Wisdom for Inspired Leaders. Uh, and you can also connect with her at thespeakersuccessformula.com. I will be posting both of those links in the show notes uh, once the, uh, the video goes live. And, you know, to our viewers, thank you so much for watching. We so appreciate you. Please comment, like, and share. And uh, until next time, you know, bring hope, light, and love to the world. Abundant love. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.